the name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one in the back. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Wham! Cut zap. First try. Why so serious? He's a fast killer. I love the smell of night pump in the morning. I'm freaking pumped. I've been drinking green tea all goddamn day. I don't know. I have a bad feeling about this. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast. We are brought to you by GD4GD. So head on over to GD4GD.com and buy some dope gear. Because $10 of every sale gets donated to their nonprofit partner, which is currently No Barriers. No Barriers is an organization based on hope, optimism, and resiliency for the future. Their framework teaches step-by-step how to break through your own challenges and live a driven, purposeful life. Despite the barriers, both big and small, that each of us face, we can learn how to push past them, reconnect with our purpose, and unleash the best in ourselves and others. I'm Jacob, and alongside me, as always, Tate. What's up? And our anonymous third co-host. Mm-hmm. How we doing? Doing great. Feeling great, as always. I'm ready. It's your pick, Tate, your pick. I'm. Feels like it's been forever since my last pick. That's how it always is. All right, so this one. Wait, 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 wait. Let me just, Jacob, may I take a stab at what this, in, this introduction is going to sound like? Let's hear it. Okay. I'm Tate. <laughs> so I have a long list, and this is a movie that a friend of mine recommended to me. Um, they said I would like it because it's a little artsy. It's a little quirky. Might have a little bit of a twister spin to it. And it's probably going to be a little interesting, you know? So we'll just see how it goes. You nailed it on the... <laughs> it came from a friend and it's going to be a little quirky. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> um, everything else, though, I don't know. It doesn't I don't think I'll have a twist to it at all. All right, so the movie we're going to be watching is a drum-com... And it's called Captain Fantastic. It's a uh, 2016 film by Matt Ross. No idea who that is. No idea anything he's ever done. We'll look into that in a second. Um, God damn the, it. Why do you have to pick movies that are in the Pacific Northwest? The, the lead is yeah. Vigo Mortensen. Oh. And then I don't know any single person after that. It says Samantha Isler, Annalise Basso, Steven Zahn. George McKay. George That's McKay. A familiar name. All these names I don't really know. It says it's rated R. Um, yeah, I'll, only thing I really like. Only thing I know about is the synopsis says a father living in the forest of the Pacific Northwest with his six young kids tries to assimilate back into society. So I was told that this is kind of a quirky little funny film. Um, oh, Colin Firth. Is, oh no, I'm sorry. Um, George McKay is the lead in 1917. The other kid, yeah. non-Game of Thrones yeah, kid? Yeah, the not-Game of Thrones guy. Huh. That's why I saw Colin first, and I was like, oh, but nope. Yeah, George McKay in 1917. Cool. Huh. As the funny woman from Step Brothers, Catherine Hahn. Oh, is that oh, her? nice. I don't know if Steve she's... Steve Zahn? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know any of these names other than... Any Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners would be very pumped to hear that Steve oh, Zahn is in this. your favorite, Jacob, uh, Starlight. Or whatever. Her name oh, Erin Moriarty. The boys. Yeah. What? She's in this. Uh huh. Wow. That's exciting. I'm more excited now that I that we've kind of looked a little and further. And that's wow. as far as I can go. Yeah. No idea what Matt Ross has done. 
Anything on that? Mm-hmm. It says, right. he, it says I, he did American Psycho. Oh, God. I had to stop watching that Oh, movie. I know who Frank Langella is. Oh, there's actually a few people that I know. All right. Should we get into this thing? Yeah. Whoa. Matt Ross is an actor. What's he in? Oh, he Face is? Face Off. What's he oh, He's in Silicon gosh. Valley. That's He's it. Silicon Valley, He's man. He's Silicon Valley, man. Oh, he is. Wow. wow. <laughs> He's great, too. I like him a lot in Silicon Valley. Yeah, he's wow. Gavin. When I went to yeah. I saw his face, I was like, I know this oh man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Alrighty. so he did American Psycho, and this seems like his second movie. He did not direct American Psycho. He was in American Psycho. Well, then <laughs> this looks like it's the first movie he's directed. Um, Let's see here. He has directed a total of six things. He directed a couple episodes of and Silicon I'm Valley and 28 Hotel Rooms from 2012. Looks like a very small movie. Spin off of 28 Days Later? Maybe. And a couple short films, but all right, what do you think? Should we just get into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll see you on the other side. What we created here may be unique in all of human existence. All the way to top. We created a paradise. What we're doing out here is so incredible. Kids are amazing. Mom needs to be in the hospital right now. She don't. We're a family. This is your fault. Wesley had a disease. Wherever you are, stay there. You show up, I will have you arrested. We can't go to mommy's funeral. We have to do what we're told. We want to see mom. Grandpa can't impress us. Right now, this is your first real test. Remember your training. They have hot dogs. Whoops, cola. Poison water. Well, I'm so happy that our family is together. It's all local and organic. How did you kill those chickens? With an axe or a knife? <laughs> I, there's a rotisserie chicken, so you buy it. On, it's already dead. The kids need structure. They need to go to a real school. I sincerely hope you haven't been doing what I think you've been doing. Your daughter has taught me many things just now. Will you be my wife? Broke my heart with Unless it comes out of a book, I don't know anything! Even if they make it through whatever it is you're doing to them, they're gonna be totally unprepared for the real world. And I happen to think the opposite is true. It's child abuse. That almost hit me. If I wanted to hit you, I would have hit you. Abby and I have decided that we're going to file for custody of the children. Will they take us away from you? That's a possibility. Our children shall be philosopher kings. Makes me so indescribably happy. That movie was interesting. <laughs> that's a that's a nothing word. You can't use that. <laughs> that's word. That's an illegal word. I know. Once they said that, I was like, "That's got to be how I bring it in." I thought the same thing, actually. And it fits. It fits very well. This movie was very weird. Such a Tate movie. Such a Tate movie. I mean, uh, it has was... Tate written all over it. Well, just so you guys know, guess where this premiered? Sundance. Sundance. That's not surprising at all. <laughs> Actually, the only other 
film festival it would have been featured in would have been Cannes Film Festival. It was also featured there. Oh, well, there and there we go. But it made its appearance. It's like initial appearance at Sundance, it said. Yeah, not It's surprising. a very Sundance Cannes Film Festival. What are your thoughts? Um, man, my thoughts. It was, I don't know. It, I mean, good performances all around, no doubt about that. The story was very interesting. It was quite aggravating at a lot of times. Um, their philosophy that they, the kind of Maoism and Chomskyism is like polar opposite of mine. So that was very frustrating. Yeah. Well, and they're very, very anti-religion. Yeah. And I wasn't the biggest fan of that either. Um, but I mean, that didn't really bother me because I mean, all of Hollywood is really, um, what, but I think I really did enjoy the ending because, I think he kind of finally realized, oh, the American way of life is actually like a good thing for children and brings them up to be like, if you can do a blend of like what he was trying to go for and like actually socializing your children, you'll probably be in a good situation. Yeah. I think like American or whatever, just socializing your children, like kind of like the, the community raises your kid as much as the parents do. Like your friends and teachers and everything in the community raises your kid just as much. But what are your initial thoughts? Uh, yeah, I'm with Jacob. First word that comes to mind is frustrating. And then second word that comes to mind is interesting, in spite of the character suggesting that that's an illegal word. I'm going to start using that all the time now. <laughs> illegal word or interesting? Interesting. And then follow it up with, that's an illegal, illegal word. The word interesting is fine. Yeah, yeah. I, get, I get why, why they. No, they I get like, why they didn't like it. It's it's kind of like saying things are weird. Things are crazy. Like I mean, it doesn't give it much umph to it. It doesn't describe it. It's not very descriptive to just say it's interesting. A lot of things are interesting. Well, it's, my pet peeve word is using basically or essentially, because there's no difference between saying a sentence of basically you should do this or you should do this. It that is a word that adds nothing. So right after they say that's an illegal word, she says. Well, essentially, I think this. And I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I agree. You should have told them that's an illegal word. <laughs> well, it was another frustrating kind of annoying part was that they're living like an anarchist lifestyle, but <laughs> we're philosophically completely supporting like extreme socialists and communists. Yes. Yeah. And then like the scene that really sticks out to me on this like whole philosophy type of thing is... With Catherine Hahn and Steve Zahn's kids, when he's like telling telling his like youngest daughter to talk about the Bill of Rights, and she gives like a the answer that like kind of is like the epitome of why America is so great. Hey, Saja. Yes. Would you please come down here a moment, sweetie? I wanted to ask you a quick question. Saja just turned eight, by the way. The Bill of Rights. Amendment one. Congress should make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of... Stop. Regurgitating memorized amendments isn't what I'm asking for. Just tell me something about it in your own words. It's not the Bill of Rights. We'd be more like China. Here, at least, we don't have a war on the searches. We have free speech. Citizens are protected from cruel and unusual punishments. That's enough. Are protected... But... The whole rest of the movie is just them 
talking about how much they hate it. Well, they yeah, they they weren't fans of capitalist capitalistic America, fascism type of things. And I think yeah, that was that was him showing like the parents that his kids are educated globally. Like and um but anywho, to your guys' points, I also agree this movie was pretty frustrating at a lot of points and I think it started out I was like and, and I was like jealous of these kids. I was just like, "Wow, these kids are so self-sufficient." They like when they went and killed the animal, gutted it, went back, starting like they were like starting the fire and like doing all these things. And I was just like, wow, these kids are like under 15, under 12, under 10 years old. And they're, yeah, doing all these things. But then um, also when they were reading and knew everything and like the, just the, the, how they communicated with the world, or, like each other and um, especially the like dinner table and stuff like, or with the other family, I was like, man, these kids are so smart. I wish I was that smart. But then it kind of turned into frustration where I was like, wow, these kids are so annoyingly smart. And like they know so much about like the world or they think they're so smart that they think everything else is wrong and they don't know how to communicate with the world. It's very frustrating. And then it turned into like I felt bad for them. And I like I felt bad for the kids for not having or for being basically like having this life of growing up without even having a choice to um, because their dad put them through it. And then I felt bad for the dad in the end for kind of realizing the mistake that he made. Well, that's kind of the more frustrating part on the writing side is that there was no real character development. Like they basically mm -hmm. started, oh, this is the way of life that we love and we got to know and we're totally used to and agree with. And then that way of life gets challenged in multiple different ways. The oldest son by meeting... Uh, the superhero girl or whatever, and then the other son who thinks that his dad, like the dad killed the mom unintentionally or indirectly, and like the others are kind of question. And then they're all like, oh, never mind. Let's all hide in the bus and go unbury our mom and burn her by the coast. And then, oh, hey, I got into all the Ivy League universities. Now I'm going to go to Namibia. Oh, let's just basically... It was there was it was like they circle completely back. Well, ninety percent of the way back to what their life was, except including ten percent of the life that they totally disagreed with from the beginning. Yeah, I I didn't like the ending at all. I think this movie was like going okay for me. I was just like, oh, I like this kind of this this maybe this path that they're going down. But then the last fifteen minutes, I was like, wow, that was a, the stupidest ending I thought that they could have done. It. Kind of does what the my problem with Hollywood is like in the last like 10, 20 years is they try to make these endings, they try to have it every which way. They try to make this huge big point about how bad the world is and how bad capitalism is. And oh my gosh, like socialism is great, but also anarchism is great, but definitely capitalism sucks. And then at the end, they're like, well, now we need to wrap it up and like bring it home somehow in a emotional powerful way and so they're like okay now we're going to start integrating into the capitalist way of life and you're like okay well you didn't really make a point at all yeah i mean i i think that they still did kind of i think they i mean i don't i don't think that i'm like convinced that like because I, I don't know not necessarily know that i'm like pro-capitalism and i don't know that i'm like pro-socialism i'm like somewhere in the middle of all that so Boo. i'm like i i like a lot of these ideas that they had of being like self-sufficient um and I, I understand why they dislike capitalism for a lot of reasons. Because 
I see that too. But they're like very extreme in a lot of ways and very like kind of what you guys are saying with this like Mao and what is the other guy? Chomsky. Chomsky. Noam Chomsky. Yeah, like those guys. They're very extreme in those ways um, and following them. But I think it was, it definitely, I can see the Hollywood aspect of like shooting down like capitalism and all this stuff and saying this is the best way. And then like in the end, they kind of circle back. I don't think they really circled back to just being in capitalism because they were still like not like participating in the um, buying and everything. Like they had everything farm to table, it looked like at the end. So there's a lot of things in the end that they were still sticking to their traditional kind of way of life, but they're kind of like meeting in the middle a little bit. But I don't know. I don't want, I don't think like, I don't know. I'm not going to totally take a side on yay capitalism and like boo socialism or whatever. But um, as far as like the progression of the movie and the characters go, there wasn't really any growth except for the dad, I think maybe changed a little bit, but not that much. It was, eh. it was eh in the end. Yeah. Even then, like, so he just handed the kids over to the grandpa. They hide in his car. They unbury the mom, run away, and the grandpa is never like, what the fuck? Yeah. Or they're well, never the grand- like... Grandpa probably was like, what the fuck? He just couldn't call him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just... There's a lot of stuff about that ending that, like, makes no sense. The grandpa was threatening calling the cops and... For what? Like, getting yeah, child protective that was, services. That's and, one question I had. He kept threatening to yeah. have him arrested for showing up to the funeral. Why? Yeah. On what grounds? On what grounds, yeah. And he got him thrown out of the funeral? On what grounds? Why? There is no reason. And then no. when he's just like, I don't know. I can get you arrested right now. <laughs> hey, cops, there's someone prowling around my property. That, that's a false claim. Like, if anything, that should get, like, him arrested. And like, then, for, like, they're just hiding in the bushes and the cops don't see them. It, All 20 kids. I, I did not like any of that stuff. I was like, this is... This is kind of silly. Yeah, this I kind of feel like I looked past all of that stuff. I was like, whatever. I but moving to that this, was just his. Yeah, yeah. Moving to the stuff that I did like, I thought it was beautifully shot. A lot of the nature scenes were gorgeous, and they're like when they did the whole deer scene to begin with. That's something that fascinates me with movies on how they can do that, like how they can film a deer walking around through the forest and have. 1917 man jump on a on the deer and kill it. How did he so, film that? Okay, here's my guess. He definitely didn't actually hit, jump on a deer. Well, yeah, um, but like the early stuff. Yeah, I mean they just they just hide trail cameras and wait until a deer comes and like kind of bait the deer in, and they just probably Crazy. take hours and hours of footage and then edit it down to. That seems like a shit ton of footage because deer are not like everywhere. Yeah, but you can bait them in pretty easily. Um, I would have thought I mean, that, that like a lot of that was really, really, really good CGI. Mm, I think that was a real deer. Yeah, I think it was a real deer too. I think, I think it was probably a bunch of like they just hit a bunch of cameras and trees and bushes and whatnot, and they're able to do something like that in the Pacific Northwest where there's a bunch of shrubbery that they can hide stuff. Well, what is it you want? We want a shrubbery. And I mean, really, it doesn't take a whole bunch. You just put a deer feeder out there and shrubbery um, is there anywhere in this town where we could buy a shrubbery <laughs> and then leave the camera there for a couple of days and then look at it and be like okay yep there's some deer definitely not cgi but i don't think it was that easy anywho it was very beautifully shot and i think there were a lot of good shots yeah it was very pretty movie 
I did like having kids be ba- big ballers smart. That was kind of dope. Yeah. yeah. I liked that they were they just like, oh, like, yeah, flex very, on everybody. Yeah, just flex on everyone. Loved that. Um, and I, I agree with Tate, like the self-sufficiency part, I enjoy. Like, I, I think that self-sufficiency is definitely something that's lost today. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I mean, it kind of shows it in the other two kids and like that family. Like, I mean, those kids didn't know anything. Didn't know and, like diddly. They just played video games all day and couldn't wait to get back in front yeah. of the TV screen. And if I mean, and it's a hard argument because like it's not. It's very unlikely that you're going to be put into a situation where you need to be self sufficient. But it's knowledge that builds character, and it's pretty fundamental to knowing that you're capable of knowing how to do something that keeps you alive. Yeah, and I think my problem with that is, I guess this is more of like a, in if like this was like a documentary and I'm critiquing the father for like how he's raising his kids, is that's super important information for anybody to know. But you have to like, like you just kind of said, is nowadays we're not put in that situation, but the lessons you learn from it can help you interact with everyday people and everyday problems. But these kids weren't interacting with everyday problems. So yep. the lessons they learned was just like, okay, we're going to live like we're cavemen. And that's where I think we saw the building of character development where the oldest son couldn't communicate with the girl in the RV park. <laughs> and that's funny. like them watching the video games and not understanding what the heck was going on. And just a social disconnect was there. And then that leads back to a flaw in the movie of how they were just like, oh, we're going to revert 90%. Yeah. I'm going to huck myself to Namibia and be a self-sufficient man. And we're going to go back and be farming people that occasionally go to school, I guess. Yeah. I think part of that is just like, I guess they just really do enjoy that lifestyle after like just growing up with it. But yeah, when he was talking to like the his wife's sister or whatever and he was just like oh well my kids know how to treat a burn and know how to like take care of this cut or whatever and they know how to do all these things they're the strong like they're whatever their blood levels are whatever all these things and i was just like oh my gosh yeah okay you're raising like really self-sufficient people but it's like yeah i should probably have grown up in like boy scout or i should like know how to gut a fish or i should know how to like know how to look out for certain things on like maybe i'm like skiing i'm like i should know my avalanche training or something like that i don't know just basic survival stuff but then again in the world that we live in today there's no like need for to know all of that information for like one person doesn't need to know all that information so it's kind of like if i was her i think she had a rebuttal there that she didn't say but i would have been interested to see that conversation play out in a different way if she did have or did have that rebuttal yeah and i, I been mean curious to he- hear what he said i think she kind of made a little bit of a rebuttal about like their children. Like they don't need to know all this stuff at the age of eight. Like this is stuff that it should take a lifetime to learn. And it's almost like you're pretty much what he's doing is it. It's a very risky game to play. Um, so here's a dumb friends reference. When uh, Rachel gets pregnant, Phoebe lies to her and tells her that the test is negative. And Rachel's like crying and she's like, I'm just kidding. It's positive. And Rachel's response is like, oh, my God, that's an incredibly risky game to play. It's negative. What? It's negative. Oh. Oh. Well, there you go. Phew. 
That is, that's great. That is really great, great news. You know, because the whole uh, not being ready and kind of financial aspects, all that. Wow, this is so just the way that this was supposed to be. Well, then great. It's, God, this is so stupid. How can I be upset over something I never had? It's negative. No, it's positive. What? It's, it's not negative. It's positive. <laughs> Are you sure? Well, yeah, I lied before. <laughs> oh, God. Now you know how you really feel about it. Oh, that's a risky little game. And that's, like, what he's doing. Like, it's not, like, yes, this could all work out. And it seems like the kids are somewhat well adapted for what they are, but it could turn out like his youngest son, like how it did with his youngest son, it'll lead to like complete and utter like hatred of the father, which in the end it didn't, which I also kind of have a problem with. Like he was just yeah, like, I also had a problem with that. Like he's like, okay, like I think you kind of killed our, killed our mom, and the dad's like. No, I didn't. And then at the end of the movie, he's like, yeah, I did. And he's like, okay, well, I just wanted you not to do that. And I'm like, well, he did. And now that he admitted it, you're just okay with it? Yeah, everything about the ending was not Very great. strange. One thing Jacob and I talked about in the middle of the movie was Viggo Mortensen's kind of a stud muffin. Absolute hunk. He looks like a young Bon Jovi. I, he's like a mix between Bon Jovi and David Bowie. Yeah, I would... If they make like a David Bowie or a Bon Jovi like biopic, biopic like they have with like Queen, biopic, biopic, biographic. <laughs> um, if they make like a biopic of like Bon Jovi or like David Bowie, that's a great comparison too. Got to be Viggo Mortensen. I don't know how well he can sing. Tried there at the end. I, he, he did. Was very, very quiet, but he was there. If he can sing as well as he looks, he can pull it off. Oh, just a hunk of a man. Which, yeah. Speaking of like the performances, he like he did really fucking good. I think like all the kids in general did really good. Um, yeah, everyone in the movie did really good, except for he like stood out as yeah. He's really a low key clutch actor. I was so bought in on his character and who he was. So, and I actually did see that he was. This or his, it was nominated for um, best lead role for a male at the Academy Awards. I don't think he won, but he was nominated. That's something. And also, I guess going off his character and talking about um, the parenting styles a little bit more. Um, the one thing that I did there, are, there are a couple things that I really liked about like what he was teaching his kids, and like I think it was really important that he was getting his kids to like I don't know read and know all these things, but. The one thing that I really enjoyed that was kind of eye-opening and it almost um, was weird to watch because you don't see it today is how honest and open he was in communication with his kids. And I think that was really cool. Um, but it obviously might have its downsides to it that like we wouldn't, that we didn't see in the film. But um, yeah, like, I mean, when his, when there, his kid was just like, or I mean, it first happens when he says like, guys, mom died, she killed herself. 
she slit her wrist and like it was just like boom hit you right in the face here's the truth and they just kind of but it's kind of like not like the idea of not shielding your kids to protect them like i, I did like that parenting style for him i think that they, they took it to an extreme but i think the more honest you can be with the kid in a reasonable way the better i think completely shielding them is maybe dangerous but i don't know i liked that it kind of reminded me of the movie like the invention of lying like when everybody's brutally honest to each other and because they don't they didn't know what lying was they didn't know anything else to do and so that's kind of what his character kind of reminded me of he was just like oh yeah sex is this and like so it was very weird but i don't know kind of liked it um and kind of hopping off of the uh brutally honest thing um i think it gave us probably the best scene in the movie of the kids reaction to finding out that their mom was dead I mean, I think that was a masterful scene. I think from all of the kids, you kind of saw a different type of reaction. And I think it was very true to life and how kids and anybody really probably would react to finding out that that kind of surprise information. Um, I, I really bought it from all the kids in that scene. Yeah, if anything, it kind of supported, because it just, I, I haven't really responded, but hearing the whole brutally honest part, I think there is truth to what the wife's sister said in that those are complex things that young, because when he told the kids that she died, like the two youngest ones weren't crying and were kind of just like in shock. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of an example. I mean, stuff like that, adults have a hard time even understanding. So yeah, I, Going back to what you were saying about the brutal honesty, I think, you know, time and a place. But yeah, I think like because I thought about that too when she was just like, yeah, this is a really complex issue that only adults can understand. Um, but I feel like when like you only really start to understand it. I mean, if you ever do really understand it, you only really start to understand it until people tell you about it or until you know about it. So it's kind of like if you're a kid and you're just told about it earlier on, you still probably understand it just as much as like a twenty year old that no, just see, I don't found think so because. It. Like, so kids, like young kids, like eight-year-olds, when they're watching TV and like see like Spider-Man on the screen and they're like, I want to be Spider-Man when I grow up. And you're like, well, Spider-Man's not real. Like, he's just a made-up person. They, they can't comprehend that no matter what type of shit their parents put them through. That'll still never enter their head because they're like, what do you mean he's not real? I'm literally seeing him right now. So like those types of like kind of, not out of the box thinking, but complex thought are too much because their brains just haven't developed. Well, no, and yeah, so and, that, was... like, and that's like the same with death. It's like, what do you mean, mom's like dead? Like she's like, how can somebody like kill themselves and like all that type of stuff? It is like kids. It might not affect them whatsoever. So the brutally honest thing, like, might not even scar them because they're like, I don't even. I can't comprehend what that actually is. No, yeah. And I like I just think, like, because in that first scene, like you were talking about, that was um, where he initially goes into, like, that hut, and he's like, hey, guys, mom killed herself. And then they all have, like, they all react in those different ways, and they all, like, kind of have a breakdown. Later, when they're at the dinner table, and they're talking about it again, the mom to her kids is like, we're not going to talk about it. They're very, She was very sick, and she passed. And then he's like, and then when he was like, oh, no, uh, that's actually not what happened. She slid her wrists and all these things. And her, like his kids had already been told they reacted and they're kind of more like, I don't know, they were 
okay, not okay with it, but they like maybe, and I like, I'm not going to say that like they understood it or anything, but, um, I was just thinking about whether I'm not, I don't think it's the all true answer, but I was just wondering if just telling people earlier on the truth really like helps or not. I don't know. Like when she was saying it's too complex for someone that age to understand. I don't know. Maybe it's just the earlier you tell people information, the earlier they start to get it. I don't know. I think that went off on a little tangent. I think that the main point of the whole thing is kind of that conversation between Vigo and the oldest son. Um, when the oldest son, because all the kids reacted like, oh, they understood that she had low serotonin levels and all the complex neurological problems that were going on with her and that that was the cause of her death. And that goes to where his old son was like, everything we know is from books, but we really don't know anything because we have no experience of anything outside those books. All we understand is words from a page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think, the core of that whole kind of issue, which is of also their again, source frustrating. of knowledge. Yeah. And like... So I, I think the best way to put it is they understand what is happening, but they don't understand why it's happening. Like the emotion behind it. Yeah, which that's totally fair. But I thought that, I just think that that's a really interesting, I, and I, like just saying like the two completely different and um, extreme parenting styles. Uh, the, not that hers is extreme, but his was very extreme. I think going into the director and his idea for this, because I, I think this is just an original. Like I don't think this is based off anything. But I think that the idea of this movie is really cool, and it's—I think it's there. Like, there's not really any other movie that I've ever seen that is like this. I think there's a <laughs> there's a TV show on. God, it's got to be like Discovery Channel. It's called The Alaskan Bush People, and they pretty much live just like this. They definitely don't get into the philosophy stuff, but it's like these. I think I've actually seen it. Mm-hmm. It's. It's crazy. I kind of hate the show, but it's like a whole family that yeah lives in the wilderness in Alaska and like goes into town every once in a while and they're just complete weirdos. Well, and I guess going into this, it says that the idea of the movie started um, as Matt Ross, the director, began questioning him and his wife um, began questioning um, the choices that they were making as parents. From there, he wondered what would happen if he were completely present in his children's lives, while nothing that modern technology, uh, while nothing that modern technology had made that difficult. And then he takes some of his own experiences from growing up, I guess, in the film, um, from what he says, being raised in um, uh, alternative living communities. Don't know what that is, but sounds awful. I wonder if he's ever read anything by Mao or Trotsky or Chomsky. I would assume he has. If he wrote, I hope he has. Gavin Benson movie. has. Yeah. <laughs> Gavin Benson has not. Gavin Benson has only read anything code. <laughs> yeah. I do wish we got a cameo from him. Yeah, that would have been pretty. I really wish we would have. Yeah. Like, what if he was funny. the priest? That would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been a good role for him. I think one good rule that was kind of didn't need to say it, but it's good to just reestablish for everyone don't be naked at the dinner table. <laughs> that kid was close awesome. on while we eat. Close on wow. while we eat. Yeah. Also, the scene when we just see full on yeah. little Vigo. Yeah, a little Vigo. It's a penis. <laughs> Everyone has one. Or all the guys oh have one. Oh my god, those yeah. those RV parks. Those were they get weird. Yeah. The scene when they were in the uh at the bank and the little girls like they all look like hippopotamuses. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, are they Everyone's all sick? They're so really fat. fat. <laughs> Is everyone sick? <laughs> no, we just drink beer. Yeah. Yeah, and he's that, like, what's he's like, what's cola? Well, he said it's like liquid poison. poison. Yeah, poison water. That was a funny scene when, yeah, they all wanted to eat pancakes and hot dogs and all these things, and he was just like, nope, we're not doing this. We're eating real yep, food. Yep, nope, we're going to go steal food. Yeah, that's, we're gonna go that's, steal that's our alternative. Uh, Which, positive like, reinforcement, kids. Mm-hmm. That's like some of, but like it's like those little things. Like there's something in that where it's like, yes, you're right. Like this food's not great for us as humans, but B, it's not that bad if you have it one time. And C, don't go steal food because you hate the system. Kids, let me teach you a lesson steal good food, have weapons, and celebrate communism <laughs> that's that dad yeah Crazy. i don't know he was a little better than that but no that's about what he was like he's like a depressing anarchist version of that kick-ass dad from the dad from kick-ass with the daughter i've never seen kick-ass oh you've never seen that's kick-ass? Nicolas I've never cage. Seen kick-ass yeah nicholas cage yeah yeah vigo Mortensen's character is like a wealthy An anarchist him. hippie. Wow, I need Viggo Mortensen and Nicolas Cage in a movie together. That'd be fun. Wow, that would be a blast. You need to see Kick-Ass. That's a great movie. That's what I've heard. Well, the last thing I was going to say before we get into scores real quick is that I've, the thing I liked was that um, this movie, I think, reminded me of like that as, as different as people are, like his kids were incredibly smart and incredibly impressive in their like speech and language and their knowledge. And then um, compared to the, like some of the other kids, they lacked in their social capabilities. Um, but it just, I think goes to show like as, as much as like, sometimes you think you're right in a lot of ways and like kind of how smart you think you are. Um, there's no like right and wrong. There's just different. Like a lot of, a lot of people are just different and there's no, yeah, there's no right and wrong in that. So I think that was a good little tidbit that I got reminded out of this. Let's go to the aggregators. 7.9 out of 10 from IMDb, 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 72% from Metacritic. I'm giving this one a 75. I, um, the acting is really what pulls it up. Um, I think the script is, I think clunky is probably a good word for it. It's just kind of all over the place and really couldn't find a way to wrap itself up. Um, so it's not horrible. It's not awful. I'd I'd recommend it if to the right person. This is interesting. <laughs> illegal. <laughs> I want a button that says illegal now. This is really interesting, Matt Scott. Was it is that his name? Mascot? Matt Scott. What is his name? Matt Ross. Matt this Ross. is really interesting, Matt Ross. Interesting, interesting, interesting. I hope he listens to this podcast. <laughs> you should just leave it at it's interesting. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Mic drop. It's interesting how interesting this is. I was going to give Paprika a weird out of 100. <laughs> so you can give this an interesting out of 100. <laughs> That's fair. Paprika is definitely a weird out of 100. I think I have to go with a 70 out of 100. And I think the two big knocks on it are... I mean, the biggest knock for sure is writing. It was very... I mean, like I tried to make a point, but... In the end, like the point it tried to make was redundant on itself and kind of undermined itself. And then you're kind of sitting there like, what? And I think the saving part is, I agree with you, the acting and it being a very pretty movie. 
but it's also very frustrating and a lot of awkward scenes. And I'm not a one for like awkward scenes. So it just seems like the right number for this movie. And uh, yeah, I think I have to, yeah, that's my safe. That's my safe zone. 70 out of a hundred. Your, both of your scores are high, much higher than I thought. Oh, really? Yeah. What um, the what? Well, I bet. And I'm actually going to go with a 70. And I think that was higher than I was thinking I was going to give it. Holy shit. I thought you were going to give it an 85. No, yeah. I was going to say 85 too. <laughs> I didn't like particularly really. I think the ending is what really killed it for me. It dropped it like yeah. a lot. I think I was in like the 80. I don't know if I was 85 range. I was in like the 80, maybe 85 range before, um, like at the point where he was dropping off the kids. He was talking to the dad about how he was going to go off and um, right around, like then when he's shaving and everything, I was just like, okay. I was like, this movie's like, I was like, I'm curious to see how it ends, but I'm liking it. And then the, everything from there on just kept dropping it. It was dropping like a point a minute there. It was quick downfall. Um, yeah, no, I think the acting was great. Um, I think the story was super weird, super quirky. Um, I don't know. I liked kind of messages on both sides. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think the ending really shot it down for me. I almost went in the sixties, but I think I almost, I was tossing between 65 and 70, somewhere in that range. And I went high. I was close to a 65, but when you reminded me of the acting that brought me right back up yep. and I think a 70 is a fine number. That ending was really poor. The ending was just bad. I, I hate a bad ending, and that was just bad. Yeah. How the fuck did I give this the highest score? That's what I'm saying. I thought you guys were in the 60s. For, I thought, honestly, maybe 50s for you. Yeah, yeah you gave that a better score than Paprika. Yeah, that's kind of yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, this is a much more enjoyable movie to watch than Paprika. Also, you guys are adopting the tape method and going round fives. I only Not do that when I'm time. confused. <laughs> <laughs> See, I... I I'm confused Each every movie time. has its place. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Each movie has its place. If I'm confident, I'll give it a score. It's a real score. A real score. Real score. But if I don't know what I'm doing, it's probably getting a round number. <laughs> and that's going to bring the average score to a 71.6, so a 72. Sorry about that. I didn't mean to drag it up. <laughs> no, I honestly <laughs> was thinking it's going to be in the 60s. I was like... But. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sticking by my 75. I think the acting was good enough for it to be a movie that I wouldn't watch it again, but I'm certainly not upset that I watched it. Um, but that's going to do it for today. If you have thoughts or questions, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast.gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. We're also on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies. We would love for you to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, especially Apple Podcasts. Just make sure they're all five stars. Uh, or else I'm going to teach your kids about Mao. Wow, that I'm was... going to... You're, you're going to die and um, dig up your grave and burn, burn you on a pyre. And flush you down the toilet? Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> I'm going to flush you down the toilet. All right, we'll catch you next week at the movies. Hold your I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, 
when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West!